you for downloading the Two Cities Church podcast, where we are pushing back darkness by spreading the good news of King Jesus. And now, here is this week's message from Pastor Jeff Struker. A couple of weeks ago, um, some brave souls from our church went knocking and did this practical survey in a low-income housing development um, in our community. The reason I said that they were brave souls is because it was really, really cold, but they showed up and they just asked a quick three-question survey. Hey, what do you think is the greatest need in your neighborhood? And we're a church that wants to be, as Dwayne just said, doers of the Word of God. So how can we meet that need, that very practical need in your neighborhood? And we got some really interesting and actually pretty awesome responses. So just a moment ago, we sent you a survey, and now it's your turn to answer a very practical survey. If you have the notifications turned on on your phone, on the mobile app, you just got a survey asking you a very practical question. And here's the question that you just got asked in your mobile app. I want you to go ahead and answer it right now, because everyone's answers worldwide is being tabulated right in front of you in your mobile app. Where is the greatest inequality? Where's the greatest disparity or difference between groups in your city? And maybe you don't live in our community. Maybe you don't live in our country. I'm asking you where you live. Where is the greatest inequality? Is it financial? Is it access to high-paying jobs? Is it the ability to build wealth that some people have but others don't? Go ahead and click that button. Or would you say that it's racial and that there are some groups of people because of the color of their skin, because of their ethnicity that are marginalized, there's a huge power imbalance where you live? Would you say that it's social and some people have access to health care or education, but others don't? Or maybe you would say it's the last one up there. It's judicial, meaning that there's crime in one neighborhood, but not another. There's convictions on one type of person, but not on another. There's an incarceration rate that is way out of proportion in your community. Whatever it is right now, why don't you just go ahead and give us an answer? And I'll just tell you up front. Every society on earth has problems because there is no such thing as perfect people. And societies are made up of people. And as long as there are no such thing as perfect people, there's also no such thing as perfect societies. If you and your family went down in an airplane and landed on a desert island and it was just you and your family, there would be problems in that society. In fact, if you were to run run for governor and it was just you and your family, you might not get elected. That's just how it is in human relationships. So I'm just asking a practical question today. Where would you say the imbalance or the inequality is in your society? Go ahead and pull out your phones and look at it right now because you should be getting the exact same answers that I'm getting. 38% of you all around the world said that it's financial. 33% of you said that it's racial. 24% of you said that it's social. 5% of you said that it's judicial. Well... Today, we get a chance to hear from Amos chapter 5, this prophet of the Old Testament. And Amos is going to deal with two terms today. Amos is going to deal with the term justice from the Bible, 
and the term righteousness from the Bible. And I need you to hear something from Amos right up front. Justice and righteousness are two Two um, factors that God has joined together. They're like a married couple. And because God joined them together, only God can undo justice and righteousness. What I'm saying is that there really is no such thing as justice in a society if you also don't have righteousness in a society. So I'm going to put a statement on the screens, and it's probably going to offend some people. In fact, what I say today might very well offend you. Please don't close this broadcast. Please don't put a quote on social media out of context because we're going to deal with justice today and we're not going to hold back. We're not going to hide anything. Here's the quote that I want you to hear. And I believe this with every fiber of my being. Justice. If you just pursue justice in a society, but do not bring Jesus into the equation, what you're going to get in this math formula is junk. Now, let me explain what I mean by the word junk, because some of you may have just got your feelings hurt a little bit. I don't mean rubbish, it's garbage. What I mean is something that doesn't work the way that it's supposed to work. You see, real justice changes for a lifetime. Real justice impacts the whole society. It is junk. It might be shiny junk to you. You see the word that's in, in, in parentheses here? It's really appealing, really uh, enticing, but it's still junk. See, what Amos tells us today in one verse is what justice and righteousness look like together. I'm going to put Amos chapter 5 verse 24 on the screens. I want you, would you make a commitment that you will memorize this verse this week? Amos 5 24. Listen to this powerful verse in the Bible. But let justice flow like water and righteousness like an unfailing stream. This is God speaking about what's going on in Israel. And God is saying, what's happening in Israel is not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to happen. What's going on is not the way it's supposed to go. And I'm ready to fix what's wrong in Israel. But it's not going to be just through justice. It's going to be when justice and righteousness are married back together again, then you have real change, then, when you, then you have lasting change. You see, what righteousness talks about is a life that is free from self-interest. What the Bible says, what Jesus says about real justice, it's found in the second greatest commandment. He says, love the Lord your God. This is the first and most important commandment by a landslide. But number two, is just as important. Love your neighbor like yourself. And when you do that, you have both righteousness and it will always result in justice. But justice pursued, social justice pursued for just the sake of justice does not lead to righteousness. So we're going to look at a couple of verses. Actually, we're going to look at all of Amos chapter 5 today. And we're going to see how justice and righteousness work together. 
And because we call ourselves Two Cities Church, we're a church that is passionate about the city of light, the city of God. That's city number one for us. That's righteousness. But we're also a church that is passionate about the city of here, the city of darkness, and we want to make a practical difference. That's the city of darkness. That's justice. So we're a church that is all about both around here. And Amos gives us really three, if you were to break Amos chapter 5 down, you can break it into three categories. And the first category is relatively short. And here's what the first couple of verses from Amos chapter 3 say. We are helpless. You are and I am. We are helpless to fix society without Jesus. Amos chapter 5, starting in verse 1, goes like this. And listen to what's happening in Israel. And maybe this sounds an awful lot like what's happening in your neighborhood, wherever you live right now. Amos chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Listen to this message that I'm singing for you. A lament, house of Israel. She has fallen. Virgin Israel will never rise again. She lies abandoned on her land, and no one will raise her up. And here's why. For the Lord God says the city that marches out a thousand strong will have only a hundred left. And the one that marches out a hundred strong will only have ten left in the house of Israel. Israel was going through this great period of idolatry and rebellion against God. And God is singing. God is telling Amos, Amos, I want you to go and I want you to read an obituary to Israel. I want you to go preach a eulogy at a funeral. I want you to go sing a funeral song. And I want you to sing Israel's funeral song because I'm about to pass judgment on them. And when I do, there's no amount of army that can save these people. Israel, you have turned away from righteousness. And because you've abandoned righteousness, you've also lost judgment in the, or justice in the process. Almost 200 years ago, the brilliant English author Charles Dickens, you know, A Christmas Carol, came to the United States. He spent six months traveling through North America in 1840. And he wrote down his thoughts on our country. And he said, you know, I've heard so much about America. I wanted to spend some of my time here. Now, you may not know that Charles Dickens was incredibly passionate about helping the country that he lived in, his nation, became, um, become a more just and a more holy society. Dickens traveled to some of the largest cities in America, and he said, it's fascinating. I saw the exact same thing in America that I see in my country. I saw big cities that had some good men there, and they had some evil men there. And wherever I go, I see the same thing. They look a little bit different, but at its core, the cities are exactly the same. You have some good, and you have some evil. And if we were to admit it, I don't even need to know where you live right now. If we were to admit it in your city, you would have to say, there's some good people, and then there's some evil people in my city, and my city is a mess. In fact, maybe you would say, it's more of a mess today than it was a few years ago. I'm not sure we're getting better. It may be actually getting worse in my country. I need you to lean in. I need everyone in this room. I need everyone who's watching right now to hear what I'm going to say next. If we're not careful, when you look at the mess around you, what you will try to do 
Unfortunately, what some Christians have already attempted to do is you will look to government to fix the mess around you. Please look up here. You will look at government instead of grace. And what grace says is, God, I can't fix this mess around me. God, it's too much of a problem. I can't even fix the mess that's in my own home. God, I can't fix the mess that's in my heart. God, I am desperate and I need you. Grace says only you're big enough, God, to fix the mess around us. Government can't fix the problems of the human heart. And it's totally natural. I think it's completely understandable for people that don't know King Jesus to look at the society around them and say, it's a mess and I don't want to live like this anymore, so I need a politician to fix the mess around me. That's totally natural. I completely understand where they're coming from. It's just not going to work. It's not going to fix it. You see, real lasting change can only happen when hearts are changed. And that's why we look to grace, not the government, to fix what's wrong in our country. If you're watching this stream from another country, let me tell you a little bit about our history. About three decades ago, almost four now, there was a massive social movement in churches. It was called the moral majority. And what the moral majority set out to do was noble, but what it really accomplished actually failed miserably. You see, what the moral majority said is, as Christians, we can't abandon government. We have to be involved. We have to care deeply about what's happening in society. And all of that's true, and I agree. But the moral majority took it a step too far. And this is where the wheels came off of the moral majority bus. We started hoping that the president would fix the problems in our country. And Christians started to put a lot of energy and a lot of money and a lot of hope in the next politician to fix the problems of our country. And that's okay, but we stopped looking to King Jesus to fix those problems. And when we made that mistake, we divided or divorced justice and righteousness. A righteous country will always be a just country. But justice pursued for the sake of justice will not lead to righteousness. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I have some challenges for you today, Two Cities Church. And here's one of them. Get involved in the political process. Be active in the society. Become a voice. Write a blog. Send letters to the editor. Engage people by email. Reach out to your elected officials. Do everything that's in your power to try to engage the injustice in your community. But don't look to politicians alone to fix it. It's only through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's grace and not government that will eventually lead to a righteous society. And a righteous society is always going to be a right or a just society. We are helpless. What Amos is saying is we're absolutely helpless with Jesus. And if that was hard for you to hear, it's going to be even harder for you to hear what I say next. Because what Amos challenges Christians to do next, and it's right there in black and white, I didn't make this word up, is to learn to hate like Jesus hates. 
Now, that word is very intentional because it comes directly out of Amos chapter 5, to hate what Jesus hates and to hate it like Jesus hates it. Now, we're going to read a long passage of Scripture. And what I'm going to do is just try to be a tour guide, and I'm going to point out a few things along the way. And you can see how God feels about the unjust society that Israel has become. Listen to God's anger and his hatred for what's happened to his nation, to the nation of Israel. We're going to start in verse 4, Amos chapter 5, and it says this. For the Lord says... To the house of Israel, seek me and live. Do not seek Bethel. Do not go to Gilgal or journey to Beersheba, for Gilgal will certainly go into exile, and Bethel will come to nothing. Pause for just a second. You see the words nothing on the screens? The word Bethel literally means the house of God. What's happening in the original language is a play on words. The house of nothing is Beth-Avon. God is saying, I'm going to take your Bethel and turn it into Beth-Avon. Your house of God is going to become a house of nothing because you've turned to foreign idols. You've looked to something other than me. Seek the Lord and live. Amos says it again. He's pleading with his countrymen. Or he will spread like a fire throughout the house of Joseph. And it will consume everything. And no one in Bethel. There will be no one in Bethel to extinguish it. Those who turn justice into wormwood also throw righteousness to the ground. Do you know that the word wormwood in the Bible is a reference to poison? And he's saying, you left the pure drinking water of God and you exchanged it for poison. You started taking poison when you started turning to foreign idols. When you turn to anyone or anything other than me, it's actually a poison that will destroy you on the inside. The wormwood also throws righteousness to the ground. The one who made the Pleiades and Orion who turns darkness into dawn and darkens day into night, who summons the water of the seas and pours it out over the surface of the earth. The Lord is his name. And he brings destruction on the strong. And it falls on the fortress. If you have a paper Bible, circle Pleiades, circle Orion. Because in Israel today, just like in Amos' day, When you could see the constellation Pleiades in the morning before the sun came up, it was a sign that spring was on the way. It's guaranteed to be on the way. When you could see Orion at night right after the sun goes down in Israel today, it is a promise that winter is on the way. And listen to this. No one and nothing can stop winter from coming. No one and nothing can stop spring from coming. And Amos is saying, just look up in the stars at night. You can't stop the seasons from changing, and you can't stop what's going to happen to you next. Verse 10, they hate the one who convicts the guilty. This is how perverted justice has become. They've reversed the tables. They hate the one who convicts the guilty at the city gate. They despise the one who speaks words of honesty, integrity. That word also means speaks righteously. And therefore... Because you trample on the poor and exact grain tax from him, you will never live in the houses you cut from stone, the houses you have built. You will never drink 
the wine from the lush vineyards that you have planted. For I know your crimes are many and your sins innumerable. Israel had this sophisticated tax system where the very wealthy could get out of paying tax and the poorest of the poor would have to pay more than their share of tax. And they thought that they were getting away from getting away with it. And Amos said, oh, no, you didn't fool God with this. God knows what you're doing, and he sees how heavy you're taxing the poor so that you can live in fine houses cut out of stone. And you may have gotten away with it with the government, but you didn't get away with it with God. They oppress the righteous, take bribes, and deprive the poor of justice at the city gate. And therefore, those who have insight will keep silent at such a time, for the days are evil. Listen to God's words next. Pursue God and not evil so that you may live. And the Lord, the God of armies, will be with you as you have claimed. Hate evil and love good. Establish justice at the city gate. Perhaps the Lord, the God of armies, will be gracious to the remnant of, of Joseph. Therefore, the Lord, the God of armies, the Lord says this, there will be wailing in the public squares. There will be a cry of anguish in the streets. Listen, there will be so many people mourning that the farmers will be called to mourn and all of the professional mourners will wail. There will be wailing in all of the vineyards. Look at these words. For I will pass among you. The Lord God has spoken. Please write in your Bible. Underline the words, pass among you. Because what you just heard, if you were in Israel listening to Amos, is the very opposite of God's word when he said, I will pass over Israel and I will send my angel to attack the nation of Egypt and I will deliver my people. Now he's using the exact opposite language and saying, I'm no longer going to pass over you, Israel. Now I'm going to pass among you, and I'm going to do to you what I did to Egypt because your sins are just as bad. You're as unrighteous, perhaps more unrighteous than my children were or than the nation of Egypt was when I delivered them out of Egypt's hand. God is challenging his people to love like he loves. And that means you have to hate to the same degree the same things that God hates. I'll tell you, your faith is weak and watered down if you don't have this passionate hatred for evil and what it does to God's people the way that God hates evil and what it does to his people. So now I'm going to get real political for just a second. Because just this week in our country, something evil happened in the Capitol building. And a bill was passed. It's called the Equality Act. And in this bill, the bill itself represents what I believe is just pure evil. Every minority in America should be highly offended. Every woman in America should be insulted by this act. Every scientist in America should be furious. And every Christian in America should be up in arms, which is basically almost the entire population because the Equality Act 
ties into the Equal Rights Act of 1964, when we said people based on their race, based on their color of skin, based on their gender, based on their ethnicity, should never be mistreated. And the Equality Act says that sexual preference, the LGBTQ community, are treated with the same respect, using the same broken science that the, equality, or that the Equal Rights Act of 1964 is treated with. And now, based on your sexual desires, you are lumped into the same category as people of gender, as your gender or your ethnicity or your color of skin, which last time I checked, checked none of us had any choice in those things. And I'm, I'm, I'm pleading with God's people to be angry and hurt by the injustice of this Equality Act, by the evil that it purports or that it hides under the name of equality. You see, Israel had some sophisticated laws and they could, they could hide, they could, uh, they could slyly and sophisticatedly uh, slip some legislation through and everybody in the world felt like it's no big deal. But God in Amos's day said, I know what you're doing and I'm not going to stand for it anymore. And I'm asking that you, your heart would be as burdened for your society as Amos's heart was for his. Can I remind all of us, Amos is not a professional prophet. He's just a businessman. He's a rancher who feels the weight of the Lord's heart for his people. And Amos starts to develop God's heart for his people. And Amos decides, I can't keep silent about this anymore. I see how much God hates what evil is doing to my people. And I have to hate it to the same degree. Which brings me to the third and the final thing today. You can't hide. I can't hide. Nobody can from King Jesus. You see, the way that these verses end up is God is now going to tell Israel what I'm about to do. And I have sent for hundreds of years people trying to get your attention. And Israel, you wouldn't listen. And so now let me show you about the day of the Lord. If you don't recognize this phrase, the day of the Lord, it is a reference to the final day of judgment. Revelation chapter 20, the great white throne judgment of God, where every action, every deed will be laid bare before God, and he will judge the actions and the deeds of mankind. Here's what Amos, here's how Amos chapter 5 ends. Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Jeff Struker's uh, personal thoughts here. It is not going to be pretty for you. Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. What will the day of the Lord be for you? It will be darkness and not light. It will be like, let me tell you what it's going to be like. It will be like a man who flees from a lion in the wilderness only to have a bear attack him on the way home. And when he finally gets home and he rests his hand against the wall, he's bitten by a snake when he leans against the wall. It will become pretty obvious to you that the, the, there's, uh, uh, God is putting his, or pouring out his judgment when these things happen in rapid succession. Won't the day of the Lord be darkness rather than light? Even gloom without brightness in it? Listen to these words. I hate 
I despise your feast. Feast is a reference to a church service. Solemn assemblies is when God's people get together and go to church. I hate. I despise your feast. Can't even stand the stench of your solemn assemblies. Even if you were to offer me your burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I would not accept them. God is saying, write your entire life savings in a check and put it in the offering plate. I'm not going to accept it. And I have no regard for your fellowship offerings or, or the offerings of fatted cattle. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. You can sing your heart out at church, and I'm not hearing it. Verse 24. But let justice flow like water and righteousness like an unfailing stream. God is saying, until there's justice in my country, until there's righteousness among my people, go to church and pray as hard as you want. I'm not listening to those prayers. Sing as loud as you want. I won't hear your songs. Give as much money as you want. I will not accept your offering because there's wickedness in your heart and until your heart gets changed those gifts and offerings and songs of praise in worship are not acceptable to me house of israel this is how the chapter ends was it sacrifices and grain offerings that you presented to me during the 40 years in the wilderness you were walking through the wilderness and you had nothing and i asked for nothing i just wanted your heart but you have taken up succoth your king, and Kwan, your star god, images you melt made for yourselves. Israel melted down precious metals, created idols, built temples to them on high places, and would go up and worship those false idols instead of worshiping their god. In fact, the idols of Succoth and Kwan were idols to the foreign god, the the God that the planet Saturn represents. And God says, so I will send you into exile beyond Damascus. The Lord, the God of armies, is his name. And he has spoken. Righteousness is when God's people place their self-interest aside and start to live for something or someone greater than themselves. When you start to live for the glory of God instead of for what you can get. And if you want a just society, if you want people to live right with one another, you're going to have to change hearts instead of just changing laws, instead of just changing political parties. The Bible is saying today is if you really want to change your community, then you need to advance the gospel and tell people about King Jesus. I personally believe that you wouldn't be connected to Two Cities Church if you didn't care about justice in your community. We're the kind of church that talks about it often enough. You would have just got mad and left a long time ago. And I'm begging you, if you just try to change politics, 
if you just latch on to a social justice movement that does not have the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ at the center of it, you're going to spend a lot of energy, a lot of time, and a lot of your focus on something that cannot fix things long term. If you really, really want to make a difference, here's what you do this week. Go tell somebody about Jesus. And that will make a man a just man. And when there's enough just men and just women, then you will start to have a just or a righteous society. See, let me give you a few action steps. Maybe you're sitting there and you're examining your heart right now and you're saying, "Uh uh-oh, I got a heart problem. And just like Amos chapter 5, I can't fix it. I need the grace of God. I need King Jesus to fix what's broken inside of me because I can't fix it myself. Maybe what you need is Jesus to change your soul today. In just a moment, if that's you, I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to ask you to reach out, to cry out to him in prayer and that God would radically and totally transform you right where you're watching this service. But maybe you are a Christian and maybe that word hate was a real problem for you a few minutes ago. And if you were to think about it, you would have to admit, you know what? I think my heart has gone cold to what's happening around me. It's gone on for so long. Maybe I just don't even notice it anymore. I don't even care when I see injustice anymore because there's something cold inside my heart. Maybe you need to, this is a dangerous phrase, but maybe you need to cultivate a godly hate against evil and against injustice this week. Everyone can learn from the prophet Amos. All of us in some simple, in some personal way can decide, I'm going to become a voice for a better society. I want my children and my grandchildren to live in a better country than I live in right now. And I'm going to become a voice and I'm going to speak out this week. Somehow, write a blog, send an email, write a letter to the editor, reach out to your elected official. But just keep in mind, it is grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and not government that ultimately changes society. I want to pray. I'm going to ask you to just bow where you're at and pray. And I'm going to ask you to just lay your heart bare before the Lord before we get ready to go to his table in communion. Father, you can see my heart. I can't hide nothing from you. In fact, The book of Revelation says that one day, every action, every thought, everything that I've ever done, it will be laid before you in the books, the deeds of your people. And God, you know my heart and you know where there's a problem in my heart. And Father, I'm asking you to fix the problems in my heart. God, where your people's hearts have grown cold and maybe they've lost hope in changing society. God, would you remind them that your gospel is big enough, that the empty tomb is strong enough to change the hearts of men. And when enough hearts have changed, then a society will change. Father, help us to remember it never happens the other way around. And so God, I'm praying right now for your people first and foremost that they would develop a heart for you. And because they're getting a heart for you, they would, would have a heart like yours, a heart for their neighbors, a heart for their community. 
a heart to want to make things better than the way that they are today? Would you help them to have such a heart for this that they would be willing to stand up and to speak out, even if it means criticism, even if it costs them personally, like it cost this bold prophet Amos? Father, maybe somebody is sitting there and they're examining their heart and they're saying, Lord, I am a sinner and my heart is dead and I can't change this dead heart. So I need you to take a heart of stone like we sang a moment ago and turn it into a heart of flesh. God, I need you to do a miracle in my heart right now. I need you to change me from the inside out because I don't want to live like this anymore. I've made a mess of my life and I keep making a mess of it. So Father, right there, right where somebody's sitting, in this room or in their living room, would you help them to just cry out a prayer of faith that says, Father, forgive me. Father, I'm a sinner. Father, I want to have your heart, but I need you to put your heart in my chest and make my heart your heart. So God, would you do a miracle, the miracle of new birth? Would you turn me into a new man, into a new woman by putting a new heart inside of me? And God, I believe that if that prayer is real, if it's sincere, that you hear it and that you uh, respond and that God, you would do a miracle. And then would you just give us at Two Cities Church the privilege of finding out about it and following up with them and helping them to understand what it looks like next as they start to become the disciple you've called them to be. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to stay in touch by joining our email list through the link in the show notes. Have a great week.